0: And welcome to, you never forget your first I'm always, am about to laugh whenever we do the silence at the start of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just smiling to see who breaks first And it's always me, because I have to do the, the first talking uh, Hello, how is everyone?
1: Good Are we talking to the listeners there we, or? or, I,
2: don't, or I don't really know who I'm asking it's, a me-
0: it's meta, like this movie We've got Sparrow Hey We've got Louis Hello And we've got Benas. Yeah, yeah, So here yeah. And we have Dylan No, no, we don't We don't Who's Dylan? Wall. I keep hearing D- Dylan came on the Nightcrawler episode uh, I was in here, you see mm. Yeah, yeah uh,
2: Didn't even listen to it I thought that was Bennett oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: This is the Technically the first official episode of this year We recorded a year Of this decade Of this decade We did a, a decade in review episode Which is come out after this But was recorded before this Just to confuse everyone So this is going to come out first And yeah, I'm kind of feeling like this is gonna be like an old school Get Out style app, like to the point, quick. Sure about that? In and out. (laughs) In and out. We got we got a lot to get through. In a way, I feel like it is like the Get Out episode because we talked about the Oscars in the Get Out episode, didn't we? Yeah, full circle. I never yet hold full circle. You know, that story circles and wiser. (laughs) And wiser. Um, It all connects. It all connects. (laughs) <laughs> Something that we never ask people to do, which I feel we should, is you can rate us on iTunes because it actually really helps us and we've already had a couple of ratings. I don't know who's done them. Someone think, wrote are they that. Good? It, they well someone wrote we can't wait until these guys do Edgar Wright's first film, which, which is what? which Edgar Wright contends is actually a, a a Fistful of Fingers, which is yeah, which, his... which it is, isn't it? Technically, yeah, he says is its debut, but I think most people think it's Shaun of the Dead because they haven't seen...
3: Hmm.
4: Well, you know, there's, there's been some... We've had this discussion, like this debate as what is someone's directorial debut? If yeah. it's, if, is it a debut if it's a TV movie? Because mm. I consider a TV, movie, TV film, if it's a feature film, like a debut, but then there's a lot like, like Spielberg we did duel. Yeah, there isn't but really. The, but a... the movie considers it to be the Sugarland Express.
2: There isn't really a. Please, please don't make me do Spielberg again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's case by case basis. Yeah. Um. But the Spielberg one, I suppose, was because it was really It was released as a feat. It was released in cinemas
1: at some point after, and that was before Shiverland yeah, Express, it, I think. Well, it had two d- different cuts, and also we're not sponsored by movie movie. No. <laughs> Please sponsor us. <laughs> but yeah, because it had two different cuts, it had a like a theatrical cut, I think. Mm. Dual, uh, talking here. Yeah, it just depends, doesn't it? Back then, they they used to make t- made for TV movies, so it uh, depends on on area you're taking this from. Because back in the day, they would make a movie specifically made for like just gonna go on like whatever channel i suppose so, it just depends what yeah what
4: this, this, this is to like this is to knock movie i'm saying they they say it's sugarland yeah sponsor but- us
0: well hey don't knock our sponsor <laughs> these, <laughs> sponsor these, to me bro we have got to keep these guys happy <laughs> investors are not gonna get paid <laughs> <laughs> um there's also no short of the week this week as there's loads to get through so cool what has everyone been
1: watching recently recent watches would be the lighthouse marriage story waves Two Popes, Uncle Jem's Marriage Story. No TV shows. Marriage Story I'm twice. Marriage Story twice. Hell yeah.
3: What?
1: <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> I had to watch it from, both, sto- from both sides. Yeah. Both points of view, you know what I mean?
3: Uh, view, yeah.
1: storage. I <laughs> called marriage
3: mar- Storage, yeah. Marriage Storage. I
4: called it, it Marriage
1: Storage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I called it Marriage Storage. I was like, it's just Adam Driver going in and out of a big yellow storage. <laughs> putting all his stuff
1: away. This sequel. Uh, 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 yeah. Great
0: <laughs> standouts. Waves is meant to be very good. Waves, I think it's just yeah, about to
1: come out. Very good. It's very Terrence malick which makes sense. Trey Edward Schultz, who made the film, used used to be an intern on uh, Malick's movies. Uh, yeah, he interned on Tree of Life and Song to Song. As you're watching it, you're like, oh, it just feels a bit malick Makes sense. Why? But if you watch his earlier films, so like It Comes at Night and um, Krisha, um, it's kind of the same vibe and it kind of deals with this similar, these similar themes which are relationships with your family members and stuff like that um this one i think was very autobiographical cool as far as i've heard um and as you're watching it, it's like so you think it, the movie going one way but then boom, like it goes another way it goes another way and you're like oh my goodness jesus it's, it's this, done, is, this is taking a fucking turn. it's done yeah. by a24 who did yeah, yeah, yeah. uh so obviously he, amazing they did all of his movies since
0: krisha speaking of malik he has a new film coming out a hidden life yeah, yeah, Which it's we it's were joking. Bad. Is the first trailer that I feel like makes sense Cohesive. For a ma- <laughs> <kind> of, <laughs> kind of Cohesive fucking film. I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm into this because I understand <laughs> what's going on. I also saw Marriage Story, which I thought was very good. I I don't know why this happened, but I went to go see Bad Boys Three at the cinema, <laughs> makes sense. which was which was <laughs> to get your testosterone. Well, it's up. <laughs> one of the only. Okay, so it's interesting. It's one of the only few films that I've looked on Rotten Tomatoes and been like, it's got 75 percent, and the audience score is like 90 percent and it was it is like it's not it's not anywhere near those right. like I don't know I don't know what I was expecting maybe like <laughs> what are you going to f- do like a fast and furious kind of like oh it's fun and it's well technically well made guilty but maybe pleasure. the story's not there yeah
1: it just it felt oh, I don't know is it a guilty pleasure if Michael Bay makes a cameo
0: yeah Michael Bay made a cameo at a
1: wedding was he obnoxious about it do like, you think yeah, it's yeah, I not guilty Michael or not, not a pleasure <laughs> <I'm> a, <laughs> neither of those things
2: it's just <I can't>, painful <laughs> honestly
1: Bay turned up I was like
0: oh man I wanted you to directed this and then he left
2: wait he didn't even he it didn't direct it no son of a gun like that's a movie that made him what, so he cameoed in a he cameoed movie he didn't direct cameoed in a
0: franchise he began right, right. Um, I'm also re-watching Kick-Ass for some reason Makes I don't sense. know it's why a great movie it's, it's great great a film. really, it's really right great right movie right both yeah, yeah. Um, Kick-Ass too. Louis and I actually recently watched Rat Race oh yeah, was, yeah we, we, I love that we, uh, I we, hated it we went to uh, <laughs> I love that
4: film uh, yeah we watched it it's terrible
0: with some friends late night Late Night Watch. Um,
4: Seth Green. It's a weird film. It's
2: just so hard to keep up with. It (laughs) made made me feel like an old man. (laughs) Every scene
4: ends with an explosion or something. at At the end, when they're at the concert... Yeah, it yeah, just yeah. escalates. It just
0: <laughs> escalates so much, like to a point where you just can't get on board with yeah. it.
2: It's almost like there isn't no overarching story. It's, it's to... just every scene starts at zero, ends at 100, yeah. nice. a hundred. Yeah, every scene is like two people chatting and it ends with them like like falling... a helicopter <laughs> falling out the sky.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I saw it when I was a kid, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I can see I haven't, seen, see it. That. I haven't seen it for if ages. If you watched but... it
0: now, you'd be like, "What was I on?" Yeah, as a like child, three out of
1: five rating. So on what? On BadMovies. Com. Well,
0: yeah, that makes sense. Those guys. Killing it, <laughs> uh, um, no, and then I also tiring. finished uh, the trip season two. Season, f- season four nice. is coming out. Um, As in with Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan, yeah. Mm,
2: basically, it's, it shouldn't really be called the trip. It should be called Michael Caine impressions. I uh, rewatched The Revenant for only the second time. Yeah, it's a good film. I mean, the thing that strikes me about The Revenant is such a simple film. Like, it's not an awful hey. lot <laughs> happened. It. Like, it's actually quite you know simple
4: it feels very to...
0: like single camera kind of a lot of the time yeah like,
4: yeah. there's and that brilliant shot at the beginning where it is single camera for ages that battle yeah. sequence and having just seen 1917 I yeah, really appreciate
2: yeah. that a lot more because uh, yeah. that's really really with well all the arrows out. flying past so 1917 most of it is a tracking shot of just like one or two people whereas yeah. that George, one is a whole George battle George just being like what yeah, mm-hmm. and maybe yeah, it's just a bit more complex, more going on, but but really well shot that.
0: The end of that when they're fighting by the stream, yeah, oh, that was really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a great emotional like.
1: Yeah, appar- it punches you that movie. So apparently that skull, skull mountaintop apparently Kong Skull Island. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go again. Sneaked it in there. You got you got <laughs> a oh, stick in for you, ben, Yeah, it's just gonna have oh, to yeah. be mentioned like Nolan every like <laughs> Nolan every episode. Sponsored by Kong's. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Uh, that cost like five mil. Uh, I can't remember the skull, the the mountain, or the set. The, uh, was yeah. it a set? Yeah, yeah, it was like on location. and shit. They built shot a mountain on location, so they built a mountain they outside. Built it. Really? Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's why it took so long that to make so that wasteful. film. Because they were like, they used no lights, obviously. They just used natural, natural light. And yeah. that kept being pushed back because, like, oh, well, no golden hour today. Yeah. She's just built on wow. the sun. Duh. With that kind of money and DiCaprio, well, you probably could.
2: I have to say, the thing that struck me, and it's like, I don't want to play him down too much because he worked really hard for it and everything. I just think Leo DiCaprio is miscast in that. Well, I forgot how good Tom Hardy was in it, basically. Yeah, he's very and good. And I kind of, actually, to be honest, is forgot that he was in it because everyone thinks of it as just the
4: DiCaprio film. Um Also Domino Gleason? Yeah. Yeah, I oh, uh, definitely okay. about that.
2: There's just something there's just something not kind of rugged and rough and I don't know. Like yeah. down about. Yeah, but Jordan Belfort. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Sell me this pen.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not selling me the pen of his
2: <laughs> of his role as the gruff explorer. But well, he won. One made film, very well made. Film. He won the Oscar because
1: the Academy felt like, oh, we should probably get yeah. this guy an Oscar now. I, I <laughs> feel like, like, I feel like the, the, here, the yet, shoot
2: enough, yeah. the
0: shoot was highly publicised as being quite treacherous for that film. But
2: you can't get an Oscar just because you had a tough shoot. Like, <laughs> hey,
0: Zem uh, would be you like, like <laughs> can. What
2: movie is that? Um
4: Barrett, what have you been watching? Yeah, so I watched the 1986 film The Mission. So yeah, good. It's got uh, Jeremy Irons, De Niro, and a young Liam Neeson, and essentially it's about a group of Christians trying to build a mission, and I think it's uh, somewhere in South America. I want to say like Colombia or something. And basically, the Portuguese. This is in the I think the late. I get the, the dates mixed up. I think it's the 1800s, whenever the Portuguese Empire was big. It's good, but I'll be honest, it um it was. I was hoping for a bit more. Would yeah.
0: you Would you recommend? Is it a solid Spire? recommend it's Honestly,
4: no. <laughs> honestly, no. Honestly, no. Honestly, no. No, because no, uh, you know when you watch a your film, you're winning. You're wanting to like it because it's got De Niro and stuff. and yes,
1: it, uh, the cast is incredible. Yeah,
2: but it's just not. I mean, you don't have to like it just because De Niro is in it.
4: Yeah, no, no. But I, I was no, watching it is, oh. hey, It is
2: what it is. Right? It is what it is. Are you sure you weren't watching it? Like it was really sad music. You were just watching it at one point five speed. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh. let move rolling.
0: Roll. Oh. And on that note, D- have you watched anything else on two times speed?
4: Um. Yeah. Uncut gems.
0: <laughs> yeah. You. You went to New York recently. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Dylan who. To, yeah. watch them to watch to yeah. Uncut Gems. And yeah,
4: well, actually, I actually did watch it in the cinema in New York. That's what I do with my time.
0: That kind of cool though. Did you go down? Did you Uncut. do Diamond District?
4: Yeah, I did actually. Yes, What's I, it went, like? I went to the Diamond District the day before. <laughs> oh to my try god! To, get, to get it's like the Uncut for Gems tour? <laughs> yeah, just, just imbibing the culture. <laughs> to was a load of people be, just being mm. like, "Shut the fuck <laughs> up!" <laughs> to be honest though, there, there was it's basically just two streets. People go there with this like impressionist, come like, "Oh, has, oh, can he can he do a deal?" Yeah, no. People shouting on the phone and stuff. It's not like that. Or it wasn't. I mean. This was a kind of Wednesday morning when I was there. So it's right. like, I don't know when the the real like when it what day does it happen? It's yeah. Thursday <laughs> at three PM. Yeah, but it's but it's oh. like anything though. If you get it's like going to um it's like if you go to Wall Street, you expect people to be running around Like shouting Belfort. doing like ten billion dollar <laughs> like deals. It's just not like a hot dog stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just but no it, yeah, it was worth it. You. It was worth a walk down, but yeah, yeah it's yeah. not. Nice. Alright, cool.
0: So the Oscars. No, oh, what are those things? Um, it's pretty
4: important though because whatever wins. Best film <laughs> is, is is the best film. <laughs> I
0: could tell that was coming. I disagree with is, that statement. Which is too. it's nice though because like
4: when you know Moonlight won best film and Na La Land didn't because. Yeah. Moonlight was the best film. There's no debate. That's that. Wait, La Land La- La- didn't win? No, it Moonlight. Oh, I turned, oh. It, I turned it off after La La, La-, La- Oh, well, you got a. You
0: experienced a very different
1: Oscars. Are you kidding? You know not heard about this? Dude, I worked for that company
2: that won the fucking Oscars. Benas won the Oscar.
1: Benas is. is an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> the statues of Benas. The statues of Benas. <laughs> yeah. um, exactly.
0: What do we. Up. Be- Speaking of Benas, what do you think about the Oscars this year?
1: Strong. They, they got some strong no- nominations. I think this, this year. year is yeah, this year yeah. is
0: quite strong. I mean, obviously there are lots of amazing I mean, movies that have been left out.
1: Anywhere that gets uh Deacons in, gets me a chirp. I'd say best
0: cinematography is, is my favorite category this year. It's so contended. Like Joker's cinematography
4: is fucking awesome.
0: What do we all think about best picture? What's uh what's so, what's I know Sparrow's got a theory which yeah. well, I feel I'm, might actually I, be what happens. I'm a little
4: bit cynical. So I think people's <sighs> actual favourite films will be split between kind of Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Joker. I think the Irishman will kind of hoover up the second and third votes mm. and therefore basically I think the Irishman will win but not because it's everyone's favourite film just because it gets the kind of second and third votes.
2: It's the Lisa Nandy of the of the film world. It's the,
4: it's the, it's the Green Book <laughs> approach. Mm.
0: Right. So for Best Picture there's Ford vs Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite.
4: Mm. Yeah, the Lisa Nandy,
2: I like that. Yeah. I've Thank seen you. all of these <laughs> movies. It was that Red Milliband, I wasn't sure what to, <laughs> who to go for. So I have a broad, a much more broad stroke theory than that, which is just the ones that are strongest contenders tend to be like quite self-referential state of the nation, America sort of things, right? That do well in these things. If you if you can kind of make a, make a, make a film about what it means to be American today, they tend so, to do really well at the Oscars. George or Rabbit.
4: they like films, they're like, they're like films about, I didn't expect you to say that. they <laughs> like things about films or cinema. Like, so what's like, for example, like Shape of the Water, like it's set above a cinema. Birdman, right, yeah. he's in theater. The artist, Artists, yeah, they like they yeah. like kind of self. Is
2: this leading oh, to a specific
0: <laughs> uh, a specific film?
2: Well, I don't know. No, it's not. It's not really. I just think that they that of of the ones that are on there. I guess the things that would count as that would be maybe The Irishman, maybe Joker. Parasite is. Uh, I'm looking at all these co- yeah, nominees right now, and
1: like I than a Little Women. I haven't seen. but... Outside of that, I've seen the more and I'm thinking Parasite is the strongest one. It's just because it's so self-made. It's I'm gonna so my, really well made. I,
0: I'm going to put my bet on Joker. I think Joker's going to win. I, I, I want Joker to think, win, personally. I think Sparrow's theory holds up pretty well. War movies tend to do very yeah, well, they do. And well, yeah. 1917 feels only if America's
2: involved. Well, exactly. Yeah, I think there's something quite interesting so about. Don
0: Kirk was enommed, wasn't it?
2: I was I was looking at like films, you know, reviews of 1917, and obviously a lot of the kind of YouTubers are, are American, and a lot of them start with so not many people know about this war, and there is genuinely like yeah. a lack what? of understanding about the first. <laughs> How level. the
0: fuck? What do you guys think about actor? Personally, I want Antonio Banderas to win. Back yeah. in yeah. Phoenix, surely. Yeah, does, he's been does, cleaned up, hasn't
1: he? Um, actress in a leading role. I haven't seen Harriet so I can't say.
0: I'd say Sir Ronan but I'd, I would also I haven't seen Bombshell but people who have seen it uh, have said Charlie Theron mm-hmm. very good and you know that film has it been won released? she won one for Oscar uh, for one for Oscar one, one for a Monster has it been released? I think it's a about to be released in the UK right, yeah, it's been, just, been just, tricky just
4: back on the best now, did you think Adam yeah.
0: Driver's got a chance he was very good in Marriage Story yeah no, I, need,
1: I need to see it at, next to Whacking Phoenix I'm like
4: yeah well you you got to
1: compare his roles like even Jennifer Price was awesome in um, The Two Pearls really good film but the role of
0: Joker is, still, is so
2: transformative yeah, in a yeah. way that
0: lends itself to being nominated It must
2: be a rule about win. lose a certain amount of weight and you're guaranteed to win an Oscar for it well, yeah like The
4: King's Speech or I don't know Rain Man where you people have, have to is act it, really specifically as opposed to just playing it. Fact. I'd yeah. say
0: uh, I, I mean we could go through the nominees forever but I would say that I think Brad Pitt is going to
1: win Best Supporting
0: Yeah, go ahead why I, not I, I hope know.
4: so I liked him in that film
0: yeah I think he I think he was just like, brilliant
1: whenever he was not on screen I'm like just get Brad in here cinematography
0: is. My, this is my favourite category the Irishman Joker Lighthouse Once a Upon time a Time on Hollywood in 1917
2: one, it's a really it tough to one 1917 I yes
0: think. I haven't seen yeah. Lighthouse yet no looks amazing and apparently it, it was very difficult to shoot but also I wouldn't again I wouldn't discount the Irishman Rodrigo Pri- like- uh, Prieto for every actor they had three cameras hmm. so when there was three people in a scene there was nine cameras so is that, is had, that for the aging yeah for the de-aging having nine in, a, <laughs> in, <laughs> in like a normal table conversation obviously um, the Deeks has got a really good chance of winning this
1: you say that but he's, the man has been nominated what 17 times <laughs> and he's won
0: one
4: which one which, which one did he do uh, he, he did, did 17 17 all right. yeah but
0: he won for Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> he uh, deserved yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. But he also <laughs> well, did Skyfall. who did, he did so Assassination of yeah. Jesse Jane. He did like, I guess like, loads of movies. The yeah. reason
2: why I think 1917's got a good chance is that it's so much part of the story of that film. Yeah. Like it's everyone so Everyone talks about the cinematography first. I wonder if without Roger Deakins, yeah. there would
0: have been... You needed a world-class cinematographer
1: to tell that story. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah for sure. For it sure. Yeah, exactly. Lawrence sheriff Jokers. up and I'm wondering like, okay, although it wasn't anything new or like... It wasn't no, wasn't it was very well shot. But it was like looks yeah. really good yeah. so I'm thinking like what do they think about when they when they make the decisions I yeah.
0: sometimes feel a little bit like cinematography gets a bit lost in the way that like editing when editing when you notice editing in a yeah. way that is jarring yeah. Yeah. it's like one of those thankless tasks when you do it well you don't notice it yeah. and I feel like with cinematography it's often Sometimes been. the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty contended one. I would say 1917. Um, Best short
2: documentary, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Hells,
0: yeah. Oh, I have a shout out. Yeah, sorry, My original just. score, I think it has to go to Hilda, and then I'm Joker. not going to say her second name. I would say Joker, because she also did the music for Chernobyl, and that was amazing. And the music in Joker was, I thought, was incredible. 1917 score was done by Thomas Newman, who did the music for... American Beauty. Oh. Ah, it all connects. It all connects. And before we go on to AB, best director, yeah, I was mm-hmm. going to say about that. Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips, Joker, Sam Mendes, 1917, Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time, and Bon Joon Ho for
1: Parasite. Oh, it's a good lineup this year, isn't it? I'm going to exclude Irishman in 1917 and Tarantino. That's fucking I, weird. It's a really,
4: I think Tarantino will win it. I don't know who I he'll want win to He'll win it because, it, win he, it because
1: he he keeps saying like he's, he's what's his ninth film, so he's got mm. one more in him apparently in his nut sack. Um, <laughs> but Joker and Parasite, look, Joker and Parasite. Looking at those two, I'm thinking
0: Parasite what? has a very strong chance of winning. Yeah, 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 exactly.
1: Well, because Be uh, Sam Mendes has been cleaning up, it fucking everywhere.
4: What do you What do you think, Don? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, if you had to choose,
0: I haven't seen Parasite, so I, I can't choose Parasite. I think if I had seen it, I would choose Parasite. But without having seen that, I'm just gonna throw it out. I I just think Todd Phillips mm-hmm. did Deserves. a pretty good job so you, with Joker. He, so
4: You think Parasite just off the rep has gone?
0: Mm. Yeah, and I I'm, I know I know a little bit about Bong Joon Ho, and if if what I'm hearing and reading and seeing some of his movies, I can say that
1: he did. If but, it wins, okay. I'll say it definitely deserves it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: But, you know, these are like... All these are nominations are amazing. Mm. Like, this is it's fucking hard,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's yeah. very hard. Yeah. Should we move on to the film of the week? Um, Sure. Real quick question, though. So, if pa- Parasite went... Because it's up for international film as well. So, if it wins that and it wins Best Picture, that's an, mm. that's an interesting... That's the first that is time
0: interesting. ever. Also, what if it won international and didn't win Best Picture?
2: Yeah, how does that fucking work? Then? Yeah, I don't know. I guess that would... Because international excludes, yeah, but then American films. Is it the first so international
0: film to be rec- to be nominated at the Oscars? Maybe. So did we get to a best director we decision? Did. No, we didn't. Todd Phillips, that's mine.
2: My- um, I, I yeah,
4: want I, I want Todd Phillips to win. Yeah. I I don't know. I want to win, but I think well, I'm going to put my bet on Tarantino.
0: I'm going to go with Bong Joon-ho, and I am going to watch Parasite in the next few days, so I think I'm not going to change that. Enjoy. And if I do, I'm going to
4: re-upload this podcast <laughs> and, <laughs> and change it. A bit disclaimer um, on the upload.
0: Speaking of the Oscars, so uh, the movie we're doing this week, American Beauty, is quite a big Oscar winner right quite big yeah. nothing else won that year <laughs> it won best picture best director best actor best original screenplay, screenplay and best cinematography that's when bad. it came out in 1999 had a budget of 15 million dollars and took almost 400 million
2: also let's not forget this is the year American Pie came out so it was pretty tight competition <laughs> 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 and Club. Yeah, and the same actress in What's both of those movies
1: that's interesting
0: same year as Matrix I mean 99 90s had the best film but I would say just to, just to be clear, it was released in '99, but I don't think it. It wasn't until the two year 2000 Oscars. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. February, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. It must be high in the rankings for films. Number of kind of Oscars won won by films. Oh yeah, it's like especially given five. the kind of seniority of those Oscars. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like their kind of front line. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to yeah. win categories. an Oscar for your
1: debut. This is a debut it's film, mad. let's not yeah. forget. Yeah, and
2: five major Oscars, like, not, you know...
1: Yeah, not... Not to piss all. on the
2: makeup artists or anything, but...
1: <laughs> You're just about to,
0: right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> not, those, those are, are like, everywhere. the five biggest
1: ones.
0: So the tagline for this film is a sexually frustrated suburban father has a midlife crisis after becoming infatuated with his daughter's best friend. What did we all think of this film? Sparrow, hit us up with your, <laughs> your deepest possible interpretation. <laughs> but
4: for keeping it brief, I thought it was good. <laughs> it's a bit slow. So I've seen this film quite a few times now. I really like the soundtrack. I think it's kind of of its time like late 90s, early 2000s. It, the soundtrack reminds me a little bit of House, the TV show. It's like very of that era. Is that an original score? Sorry, just to talk well, about that point. I think, yes. I think so,
2: yeah. Because that's been used hasn't it? so, many, so many times since. Yeah. Family Guy. I think some... <laughs> um, <laughs> Sam Mendes
0: found a tr- an old track with some steel drums
1: that Thomas Newman then yeah, took. No, that is interesting. I've So I kind of watched it very, obviously, as we all did uh, at different times growing up, right? And I feel like um, your alliance with the characters changes as you grow older, in a sense. So I remember first watching it when I was way younger, and it was like, oh, Kevin Space's character is a piece of shit blah blah he just squishes his show up and stuff but then you grow older and you're like I like this guy mm. it makes sense that was the biggest thing for me watching it was it was such a different film watching <laughs> right? it when you're it's older it's different um, and then like so he like buying weed off the kid next door right Ricky Ricky yeah, yeah. Um, it's just like yeah that's probably something I would do as well exactly. yeah. if I'm hitting Middle Age Crisis yeah of course <laughs> I would hit the gym hit some dumbbells hit some marijuana yeah. Yeah, yeah, it course. is very different
0: watching it older so, better because- that's just watching it like while lifting weights in the garage. <laughs> yeah like, Exactly. Do you like right. taking notes yeah. on what he's doing yeah. <laughs> quits job takes up smoking
2: exactly I know what you mean though I guess like the simplistic way of looking at it is, at it is a guy goes off the rails but actually everyone who wants to look at it, it is it delves kind of deeper of... like um, and
1: another thing there is no clear villain here you you might say it's the colonel father that the, the... Yeah, yeah but he's suffering colonel, colonel Fitz, Fritz yeah. colonel Fritz yeah. um, but you know he's suffering from post-trauma boy <laughs> boy don't you, <laughs> you roll <laughs>
4: Let the boy
3: watch.
4: <laughs> I always, feel, I always feel it's like a, it's a textbook example of um, midlife crisis and toxic masculinity in the sense of the Colonel Fitz guy. As in, if there was like, if you're going to go back to like a reference to explain to someone, Lester for the midlife crisis, and Colonel mm. Fitz as we yeah, I'd say toxic masculinity because he's mm. just, he's so scared of mm. of coming out.
2: But that that made it made me. Um... I'd never really put... I'd never really sort of following directors or anything. I'd never put together the fact that Sam Mendes is British and American beauty is such an American... Or is such a look at the American characters kind of life. within it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, I know obviously he didn't write it, but it's incredibly well observed. Do you know what I mean? The kind of characters in there about what that sort of like suburban neurosis of being in, in yeah. kind of like leafy American well, town. So... Um, yeah, he did
0: say on a podcast, he's like, I, I, I don't have any knowledge of yeah. suburbia America, but yeah. you know, there's many universal truths that run through the
2: film. Mm. That kind but of it's, bold, that. it's bold to kind of like make a film like that when you haven't lived that experience yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. Well, Adam Ball, so he Adam Ball, he wrote it, right? He kind of took inspiration
1: from a comic book that was sold based on a true story about um, a 17-year-old that killed, I think. she, she Yeah, she killed... Mm. Uh, her parents, I can't remember who who it was, but uh, served served six years, and he and he served time uh, for statutory rape because mm. she was seventeen at the time. And so apparently on his on his comic book, it, what happened on one side you would have this um this teenage girl like looking all innocent and him as the as the creepy weird guy uh, kind of predator looking, and on the other side you would have basically opposites. Uh, and, yeah, he would be innocent and she yeah, would yeah, be. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he's like, oh, you. The, the truth is somewhere there, but you just you won't figure this out. This and this film, he did a really good job with like portraying that because mm. like he, there's no one here at fault really. Like, mm. he, there is no clear villain here. Yeah, it's everyone. You can, just you can, yeah, you can blame toxic masculinity. You can you can blame some sort of I don't know advertisement. He works for consumerism. It. Yeah, consumerism, yeah, yeah. American, yeah. whatever it is, capitalism. But there is no clear villain because it's just a it's just a, a product of of it all,
2: right? and that's what makes it very good writing really isn't it because yeah, yeah. You're so, not, you're so not it just... makes sense why you won the, 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 yeah. the Oscar for you're it. not taking a shortcut by creating yeah. someone who's pure evil or pure good exactly. you're sort of just making people also what makes it such a great script is is this kind of feeling of inevitability this amazing suspense that's written into it because from the first few lines you you kind of have a sense of what's going to happen at the end right? he yeah. sort of talks about the fact that he's going to die and yeah.
0: this is where
2: I live that should some t- somehow make it less watchable Right, or just less suspenseful because you kind of know where this is all going. But Wait, so the opposite, and you forget about it.
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, well, so I also, also the opposite is it. yeah. true.
2: Even even at the kind of the the peaks where you sort of think, "Oh, God, is it, is, is something going to happen, or isn't it?" when you know obviously something is because he yeah. said that it's the last day of his life you're still almost kind of wishing with yourself that, that maybe something won't happen and I was so surprised
0: difference. at how much this movie gave away in that regard yeah
1: is that what you're watch- re-watching Kick-Ass by the way it's because he in Kick-Ass he mentions oh hey have you never seen American Beauty <laughs> <laughs> honestly you made a connection that doesn't happen in real life but if it makes you feel good yeah that's why I'm
0: watching it <laughs> I just realized that one no I, okay, I,
1: cool,
4: I
0: don't cool. think I've even got to that line yet in, in Kick-Ass no right no
2: <laughs> Fair <enough>. That's funny. <laughs> Back to American Beauty. <laughs> no, it's just you have to be a very good writer to basically yeah. use that as a strength—the the fact that people know where it's going to end up—to use that actually to to fuel the suspense rather sure, than yeah. to take it away. I think it's a, it's a it's a positive for Sam Mendes because he
1: made this film that much. Su- that much engrossing that you're like oh I forgot this guy's dead mm-hmm. you know that you're watching this with was like oh maybe he'll just get out of this alive I heard, so.
0: um, I heard Alan's agent went around town and said oh you want to read this script but you're not on the list he kind of nah. made, he made up that there was a list of people that could read the script to make it seem as though it was like a rare commodity and the script was amazing and, and people
1: had to try and like
0: convince get on the, the list let, yeah. yeah and apparently that it really drummed up and
1: that's how it got bigger than yeah but that's what agents do apparently like on the surface level this script or this idea of a script right it, it sounds like just like kind of banal in a sense yeah like it's just like a guy going through Bane this... <laughs> Bane? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tom <Woo! Honey? laughs> Oh, good <laughs> your script. Um, yeah, it's yeah. like this everyday kind of story. Like, okay, cool, a guy goes through a fucking middle aged crisis, whatever. Yeah. yeah, you know. But for someone to be excited about middle age crisis and mm. kind of seeing an American woman in the car while it's getting drive through, it's an interesting thing it's- to be excited about. You know yeah, I'm yeah. Take it's kind of so, yeah subverting expectations where like, oh, this is how this is how you think. Um, a middle-aged crisis would happen and this is how he turns it to be and obviously how things escalate even further especially when
2: you have a fucking army guy next to you it's a very good blend between the kind of the ordinary and the extraordinary because yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right so much of it is just a kind of boring yeah, ordinary I mean, thing you know okay someone goes through a midlife crisis you get a new car and that's it you've know, yeah,
0: seen is like even when, he, when he's potentially getting let go from his job mm. which would seem like quite a, on the surface seem like quite a, a boring scene mm. but it's actually a really the awesome. way it's the way it's directed and shot is very power
1: play which makes it very interesting Quick to watch note on that scene it makes it look like he's getting let go and he obviously gains gets the other gets hand mm. Fight Club motherfucker yeah same year
0: yeah really similar Really. 90s similar. was 90s and 99 were a very good representation of corporate yeah. America <laughs> yeah. and people getting one up on the big when corporations when was
2: Two thousand, because that's that's yeah. a really a similar year after, yeah. Uh, like Brad is basically yeah. the DIY for Americans. Office space, I think
1: Office uh, Fight Club was written in ninety seven though. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, there I was definitely. Adam so Ball like did you did you read Fight Club? Matrix? Matrix has got yeah. like yeah. yeah. anti corporations Oh yeah, but Matrix has a lot going for it. Like it's not just anti-corporation. No, no, no. no, no but there's no, a whole movie is, is just anti-corporation. Yeah, just, just one like <laughs> no Starbucks. That's my one word near. No
0: Starbucks. I was gonna say I don't know if you guys came across this but this film was almost a very different film what do you mean well for a start the script had this it started with this whole prologue no Ricky and Jane in in a courtroom because they had been wrongly accused of Uh, Lester's murder so the the Mm. script was actually it started with this very different movie. and it ended with it as well like the aftermath of that
1: uh, kind of like a, almost like a courtroom just kind of like e- just almost kind of by the books of like a, oh this is what happened i
0: don't i don't know i, I don't know fully how it was represented right. but the movie did start with them being like in prison and having to go to a courtroom that, and stuff which it didn't uh, yeah and there was also and talking about deleted scenes there was another scene where colonel Fitz went back to his study and pulled out like a picture and it was of him and another serviceman mm. with their arms around each other, like, taken when they, he was on in mm. the army at some point.
2: And they cut this stuff out for various reasons. Unnecessary, really. Both of those things sound like they're just kind of, I don't know, maybe a little bit um, over-emphasising oh, like no, no, something that you yeah, already know. Yeah, too under under-nose. I pulled yeah. a
0: quote from Sam Mendes, which I thought, because I just couldn't really sum this up any better myself, and he basically said, the movie you see is not the movie I thought I was shooting. I thought I was making a much more whimsical comic story, mm. kaleidoscopic, almost like a Coen Brothers movie. What I discovered in the cutting room was a much more emotional, haunting animal than I'd ever imagined
1: yeah yeah that makes that makes yeah. sense because it was also uh, so gaining from like a uh, comic book point of view it, mm. it's meant to be like s- this satirical look at new uh, American kind of household suburban life right another thing that I suppose happened what, with Sam what he just said is uh, that the film really happens in the fucking editing room guys
0: I just find it amazing that he not that he didn't have any idea what he was shooting obviously mm. he did to <laughs> a degree it's but it, it's just amazing that the tone of the film and the things that they really cut out mm. Because um, supposedly the prologue and all of that was cut out only a week before it was actually finalised. Really- oh right! So right up until the very last moment, the <laughs> movie was being shaved and shredded in different ways, and it's just it's just kind of amazing that
1: those. It just like makes my head explode. That, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that like that that was that, that they was got a to that from the beginning. Yeah. 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 Yeah,
1: yeah, I wonder what he what his. Op- Original approach would be and how yeah how that original cut would look
0: because this movie is so dense on on every department's level like the cinematography which it won an Oscar for it, it's it's so good and it's so almost missed actually on this movie and the score and the casting and the acting it kind of every single part layer of it is at, adds some kind of complexity to it which I think takes it as takes it further away from because basically the thing about this movie that I found in trying to think about it is that any single interpretation of it feels like it doesn't quite do it justice yeah there's so many different ways you can cut yeah. it so like <laughs> oh, oh and
2: we will get, we no, will do we, that we, <laughs> what do you want we'll cut it anyway um,
0: but I mean like you know my initial thoughts were like oh it's a thing on American consumerism and like modern society which feels very yeah. surface
2: level but there's so much more to it
3: than that it's, there, yeah really?
0: it's just got that odd tonal thing where it feels kind of spiritual and secular in some way yeah like it's very philosophical but it also shows a guy's so, logical yeah. breakdown yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah
1: exactly but like you, you spoke about cinematography and that was lost on me in a good way well it shows you the film as is obviously but because it's just like you don't notice it being out of place so you kind of delve into the movie way deeper i guess um but like you say about consumerism right so that's not very on the surface, but I, I feel like that's the whole point. Like this, this is a family on the surface; they portray this on the surface, whereas underneath, that's where it all bubbles. And I feel mm-hmm. like from the beginning of the film, where it's like, "Oh, this was the today I die," whatever. Yeah. It's like that's it's, it's all simmering there. You know yeah, what there's that ju- yeah, there's that juxtaposition. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's all simmering. Like it's it, this is going to explode, and this is what kind of like everyday, not necessarily American or anything, but just any family could just go through this kind of thing. But the Sorry, every time I talk, Louis.
0: I <laughs> about to <laughs> so I'm let. I gotta let, let Lou... I just got so much to say. No, no you, you. No, you. All I was gonna say. Go into, I, a hot, I, go into I, half an hour rant. <laughs> the mundanity point that Benas mentioned earlier, I think, is exactly the theme of this film, and it is around the theme of this film and why it's so. so and why people love this movie so much. It's so relatable as well. To a to a certain degree. I mean, Lester does some stuff that's a bit weird, but um, <laughs> he goes on this huge search. To try and find all this other meaning in in other things, right? Like quitting his job, going to buy a car, going to do the things that he really wants to do. But I felt like by the end of the film, he realizes that the because he's basically searching for like beauty, isn't he? Which it ties slightly into the masculinity thing that mm-hmm. Sparrow mentioned. In that it's odd in the ni- in 1999 to have taken a character like Lester, who's this middle-aged dude, and made that his goal to like try and find kind of beauty and what he wants in life. And mm-hmm. so like getting rid of all the stuff that. Thinks he thinks defines him like his job and mm. his bad role as a, as a dad so like the fact his family doesn't give him any sort of respect like, I suppose what he discovers in the end is that really the, the mundane small things like just having a simple family life where they spent time together which mm. is something that they don't do throughout the whole film they don't spend any time together like the reason yeah. they're all unhappy as a family is because they don't spend any time together <laughs> they're all doing their own thing is that I feel like by the end he realises that mundanity is actually where life is mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I would yeah. I, I would interpret it like slightly differently because I don't think he. Um, and that's the end kind of Louise's object. Yeah. <laughs> I don't necessarily in think attribute. that his character journey is to sort of go on search of, in search of beauty. I think it's more that he's lived he's lived his life up to a certain point, kind of thinking, okay, well the things to pursue are the job, the house, the family, the the driveway, the car, whatever, and then reaches a point quite early in the film where he is able to let go of it all. And there's that line, isn't there about halfway through where the, where Brad, the guy who's trying to make all the office cutbacks is like, you you, really are a sick fuck, aren't you? And he just goes, no, I'm just a normal guy with nothing to lose. Mm. And it's actually like, uh, he goes through a journey of basically letting go of actually wanting anything. And he sort of gets into this position where he realizes he can be completely honest and he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, that's what that's what I felt like with and the later viewings. So it's kind yeah. of it's kind of the story of of people trying to maybe liberate themselves from the American standard of beauty yeah. rather than a pursuit of it. Do you know? However, what
0: I mean? Yeah, however, he is pursuing it in Angela. He's yes. pursuing a, an idea of beauty in her that mm. that he eventually realizes ro- is wrong. Mm. So I, I do agree. Like I think that's that is an apt description. He definitely lets go of consumerist things mm. that society puts on you, but he does also pursue the wrong view of it. And also, did anyone know else I think was weird? He, he quit his like corporate job and then he got a job at Smiley's, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is like. I, but I think cor- that's when, it, when, cor- when, it when
2: it is. Angela <laughs> makes him. So and he talks a lot about 1970, doesn't he? He talks a lot about how he was when he was young, yeah. <laughs> and obviously you get the sense that Flippin he and. His, yeah. his wife I can't remember her name now were these kind Carolyn, of Carolyn, or Carol, Carolyn, Carolyn were these kind of Carolyn. like hippie cool young pretty nice. anti-establishment yeah. types and they somehow lost their way and become the opposite of yeah she of becomes real now. estate and then he goes to advertising yeah and so I, I have I, I, my, my theory on that would just be that Angela basically reminds him what it feels like to be 18 again 617 again yeah. and it basically just transports him back to being that 1970 like I don't give a fuck so everything he then does is kind of just trying to recapture that that complete letting go
4: i don't think yeah i mean i don't think the smiley things are like an odd thing at all i mean it it makes complete sense because he says like um you know i want the least possible responsibility Mm. with a job so he's literally just like i want to i'll get a job just but i I don't have to use my brain at all no stress he's literally he's kind of all about the do what makes you happy have fun like buy the car that you want smoke weed get this job the other thing i was just this is kind of slightly separate i've just thing up i was thinking is i think the most or my personal most interesting character is ricky um, and the re- Ricky fits and the way I see it is he's he kind of has I don't really know how to put it but he's got the, the widest understanding Ricky feels like he
0: has his life kind of his yeah. goals and what sorted out
4: and then characters, so characters like Lester and Janie kind of almost learn a bit from him but Ricky's interesting because I find he's the one character who's kind of not above it all yeah. but he's got the deep the others kind of learn to get to Ricky's level of understanding yeah yeah, yeah I, agree more. I think you, you tend to
2: get stories sometimes where the writer has written a character in to sort of play the role of the writer Where, like, there's someone who sits a little bit out, maybe not above, but, like, outside of it all, quite clear-headed, not really in any way deluded where everybody else is. Yeah. And so there's nothing kind of tragic about them. They're just kind of watching with a clear head on the outside and he is that character really isn't he mm. he's, he's the one who kind of knows how to handle his dad and his mum he's the one who kind of gives the awakening to the, uh, Janie he's the one that speaks truth to Angela when he, he quits his he...
4: job in front of Lester yeah he like, personal hero? change yeah. Yeah, oh, he he's... does actually
2: say to Angela to her face
0: doesn't he yeah, yeah. So yeah. You're, you're, he you're, boring. you're boring you're ordinary yeah, you're ordinary yeah. so
2: it's almost like he's the yeah he's the catalyst for all the characters arcs and also he just says it like it is and yeah, yeah he's an interesting interesting role you're
0: right Wes Bentley was so good in, in he's this good. film he's, he yeah. plays Ricky Mm. He was almost cast as Batman. Completely apparently. mellow high. Which I I actually think would have been quite good. <laughs> apparently he yeah, was just des- been... he was described as having like the pain behind the eyes kind of look.
2: Right, yeah. And Interstellar. He eventually ended up and, working with Alan. Hunger Games? One last plug for the for the writing, but it, you're right, it's not just the writing, it's the acting too. But is that Alan Ball's just like smiling? Yeah, just yeah, like hell, exactly. yeah. Hell's yeah. I fucking knocked this out. <laughs> Alan <Hall>. Ball's my <laughs> uncle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, no, is that it's like, it's a story that ostensibly hangs together. It's hung together by Kevin Spacey's journey, right? Lester's journey. And so it is kind of about him, but it's also a bit of an ensemble piece in that I don't think that the other characters are only sort of there to to influence that one story. They all have their own very complex, different narratives going on. That's why like, there's no clear will- villain because they're all going through their own
1: complexities. Yeah. So you take, at one moment, you're taking uh, one person's side. The other, time, the other time you're like what the fuck are you doing you're doing yeah. your job right here you know you're, like, you're taking different sides at, at different points in your life I think like you, you get I suppose the wise you get I don't know when how old Alan Ball was when he wrote he, this he was the
0: same age as, as Lester he was
1: 43 or something so, he said yeah, in an without interview that, mm, without that perspective without perspective and wisdom yeah. you could not have written this yeah you, you need know. that kind of empathy don't you yeah empathy just to be like oh mm. we because they all represent different stages in, like you said, in their lives, right? So uh, going from school kids to Ricky, who's obviously a little older, who's making his own kind of money illegal ways, but whatever. Then go into someone like uh, Carolyn, mm. and then to mm-hmm. Lester, and then you eventually have Colin Fist, which is where, like, where you end essentially back in. I suppose maybe yeah. back in the day you would end up. You sort of refuse to make yeah, yeah,
2: any one character exactly one dimensional.
1: Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like
2: they've all kind of even even the 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 big horrible. Yeah, king of real estate. What's his name? The guy, the <laughs> yeah. the yeah. Sandy. Sandy from the OC. <laughs> Sandy. Yeah. And initially, you're like, "There's no way this guy, that's why is in any way like a sympathetic character." But then they're like, like "Goes yeah. through the divorce." The king, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, the king was one of my favorite characters. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the it. king. The king. Um, Fuck me, your Majesty. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> One must project an image of success at <laughs> oh, all times. Gosh. What you were just saying about how all the characters are kind of searching for freedom in their own way. So, yeah. you know, yeah. you've got, like, Colonel Fitz, who's wanting freedom to, to be who he wants to be. Um, Lester from his current life. Janie wants to get away from her parents. And there's this kind of. I feel like that's a bit of a propulsion every time you go to a different character. That, mm. in a way, that kind of answers why there's no real villain.
2: There's also something quite, quite sinister and, I don't know, maybe not depressing, but definitely sinister about that, about the fact that there are no bad characters in this, but really bad shit happens because of the environment that they're in that kind of sucks them in and everything bad yeah, shit yeah. happens. And it basically creates this kind of inevitability, doesn't it? Which is obviously written into Lester's story because you know from the beginning that he's going to die. But also the line that you're left with, that you might not know what I'm talking about, but trust me, you will. Characters are, including you, are sort of powerless to stop <laughs> this this yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. power. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of like he's saying
0: to you. to you, like, you're not free, but I am. But you will kind of experience that.
2: Yeah, I guess. I guess... It's, it's interesting that we're talking in terms of like there are good people with good intentions just trying to get by who end up completely screwed up by their environment that is quite a sinister thought because it kind of makes you think that it'll happen to you too yeah to anyone. I, yeah, I got a bit of that after I finished this I was like yeah oh god I'm going to be this like 43 year old jerking off in the shower <laughs> and, then, it, and that's still, the top of my day here's, an, here's <laughs> another reading of the film though that, that would be interesting
0: to hear everyone's thoughts on in that Lester is actually a massive arsehole oh, and is sort of the villain of the of the movie. Well what do we Okay, so let's just reel off a few things. He he keeps creeping on his daughter's friend. Yeah. He well, quits that makes his, sense. quits his job <laughs> without without you
4: say he quits his job, he's gonna be I think I got the impression that he was going to be made redundant or fired so it's not like yeah they were going through True. Like cuts it's not, it's not like he, the, he gained the upper hand True. the, the True. kickoff to the thing isn't him like I'm going to quit my job he's actually he's going to be let go yeah, yeah. although to be fair for Brad's in Brad's defence <laughs> you Brad anything
2: in Brad's defence Brad's the real villain of the movie Brad is, Brad's, Brad's just trying Brad, to get fired Brad, <laughs> Brad, in Brad's defence I guess it starts from him basically saying like there are cutbacks being made but we want to try and protect your job it is less the choosing in this theory it is less choosing to interpret that as a kind of big fuck you. Yeah. So I I get I get like actually you could interpret it as mm. as he's the one sort of driving all of those negative relationships. Like he's real dick to his wife. You assume that there's a backstory to that. He buys
0: a car without and without her knowledge.
2: I don't necessarily know where this theory goes. I'm just saying it's in. It's yeah. like
3: It's, no, it's theory, just it's
1: just interesting. It depends who you decide to side with. So yeah, sure. If you side with uh, Angela and. and- co right yeah this guy's a pervert yeah. if you decide to to side with Colonel fitz yeah this guy's a fucking creep why yeah. why is he getting your son into the garage it depends who you side yeah. with Less, de-
4: another thing yeah he smokes weed illegal look at that <laughs> look at that
1: out of all the
0: time out of it's just like out of all the times that the Colonel fitz could have looked out the window yeah <laughs> that was the moment when, when, he, when, <laughs> when he's
3: lifting the yeah. fucking house <laughs> When he's just in front of the mirror, just
0: like that was so funny that bit. Yeah, Um, this
1: guy knows his timing though.
0: I feel do feel like American Beauty pulls off quite a lot of things where maybe when you read them, you'd be really. So like that's one of them where it's he he looks out the window at the exact time that Kevin Spacey leans back. And also just gonna say the plastic bag scene, which. I'm, yeah. I'm a fan of, but I know as are people you?
1: tell me why you're a fan
0: because if in the context of the movie, <laughs> it's beautiful, and yeah, it's in the context perfect. of the movie, when you're when you're watching it and you're kind of understanding that they are watching it. And yep. it's like an unattainable yeah. thing that's been, rem- you know, and he even, Ricky even mentions that. The video is a poor excuse. You can kind of understand that, that theme of beauty, that kind of theme of like beauty is something that is unattainable, right? Like something, it, it's beautiful because blowing it's unattainable. Blowing
1: in the wind type thing.
4: Yeah. Interesting you say that, but at the same time, I'm like, all right. I think it's the reason, blowing in the I think the, bag. Re- I think I the reason the bag. bag scene works and isn't laughable is because the music is so powerful because that's the the classic music hmm. for the film is in that scene, amongst other scenes. Well, that's the thing with this movie. It feels
1: like there's a bunch of like plates spinning, and if one falls, this shit will fall apart. But because they're all kept tied together, it, it works.
4: No, I'll tell you a point, though, because reading, reading the bag scene in the script must have been like, oh, really?
1: What the script was, because apparently, well, if Sam Mendes he was making a fucking weird, you know, funny movie, it yeah. could have been like 150 pages. Who knows? Nobody knows what the script was. Fantastic. But, uh, uh, Alan Ball? So does the
0: I, I have no. I think I grew that I have no idea like when the music was introduced. Usually, when they cut a film, they have like temporary music for mm-hmm. those bits. But the score, I no doubt, when the score started coming into the edit, it changed everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, god, yeah. yeah. It must have completely yeah. shifted the whole tone of the film. Which makes it feel. I think, think yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah. the score isn't. The score is amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. such a great. And Thomas Newman, I feel like, doesn't get enough credit as a as a composer compared to like John Williams, Hans Zimmer. He's awesome. Danny he's album. done yeah. yeah, He's done some amazing. And his work on *Road to Edition with Sam Mendes was honestly a similar kind of vibe, just like haunting mm. music.
2: I feel like plastic bag scene. Just is it the most iconic sense. scene this well, one? Well, I get a, to speak to that exact point. I get the sense it's one of those things that, although it probably feels important in the film to to Sam Mendes, and and but it wouldn't like um. It wouldn't necessarily be be picked out as, like, the most important scene. But for some reason, it's gone down as, like, the most iconic visual. Yeah. Mm. And you have to wonder why, I guess maybe because it's so interpretable it's so kind of abstract and people can read into it whatever they choose to to make a film theory
0: that's true i mean i can only assume it's famous partly because people make fun of it but (laughs) also partly because it must have hit it must have touched some people yeah the way it's put together
2: my theory on it is that it it, is it's it's kind of down to that powerlessness theme that we were talking about before it's like um the image of that bag in the wind just being knocked about here there and everywhere is like the bag itself obviously doesn't have agency any kind of like decision about where it's going it's just doing this dance, and it's just the the wind that's taking it. That I
1: don't know if Sam Mendes thought the same thing, or he's just like it was fucking bag, Yeah, Yeah, just a fucking, yeah, just bag, a fucking bag needed to fill it.
2: But, <laughs> <laughs> but the time. It's like I don't know. There, there are important parts to this film where chance is actually what drives things rather than purpose or choice so like the the biggest one being lester's death right so you kind of think that it's all going to come to a head because someone decides to kill him for for a kind of like rational reason so you think basically his wife is deciding not to be a victim so she's going to go home and she's going to do it and it's like this culmination of human choice whereas actually the reason he dies is because there was a window pane blocking (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the weed and it looked to his to fit to, to yeah. like um yeah. Yeah. Like a chance in a bad way, way. something he so wanted to do it, yeah. yeah and so it's almost like everyone's just kind of victims of chance and yeah that's interesting the plastic bag is well in is a it sense it, yeah, yeah can, and the
1: plastic bag is getting its own spin off apparently <laughs> apparently um, the whole victim of chance yeah that kind of speaks to the whole theme of the thing anyways because well you're a victim of this life that you took by chance yeah. anyways so this yeah. consumer's life that you chose essentially but it's just by chance that you ended up with this wife and this kid and this whole fucking weird sense of uh, not knowing what you want, mm. in a sense.
2: What it comes down to is probably in that in that suburban American world, and I'm not speaking from experience here, but I can imagine that there's this pervasive kind of feeling of you don't choose. Like there is a rich life ahead of you full of cars and houses and, mm. you know, getting richer and better and all that kind of stuff, but you don't really choose what kind of life you want. It's all kind of set out for you. And so on the face of it, people, that's not a problem because actually everyone's well-fed and well housed and well clothed and goes to schools and all that kind of stuff but under underlying it all there's probably this kind of like deep sense of like needing some kind of freedom like wanting to try to break out so
0: do you you think that the the movie suggesting that your your fate is is kind of destined like you are gonna go i think the
2: movie basically is saying that from the at the beginning it's like you know everyone's just got their path laid out for them and it's a story of a man breaking out from it and dying as a result yeah. <laughs> so it's almost but like it's, almost, finding, it's like a prison yeah, break yeah, yeah, story but finding, ha- <laughs> but finding happiness so I guess yeah the quest, the question it's a bit of a prison break story it's a bit of a like
4: cuckoo's nest story it's like this is a wild theory that it's actually <laughs> no, prison no, break like, season <laughs> 4 he <laughs> no, does seem he does seem more, like for, he f- out- fulfill- more fulfilled once he starts once he quits his job and it all
2: starts yeah he years. basically throws away this kind of vision of success and is happy as a result but also as a result dies so but, I think there is, it's not as simple as kind of like it so is, happy, is the film the like a warning that you sh- at the end it's like you shouldn't Yeah you, you well sh- no not that you shouldn't but like the, it's a kind of sinister it is a warning it's, it's, a, it's a sinister look mm-hmm. at kind of what happens when someone does try and break out of the path that's I prescribed I have a different
1: it. one That's interesting See I, t- I took uh, the title itself like, Yeah let's chat about the title I mean um, there's another title that Louis can can, can go can go <laughs> so Amer- American Pie was sadly taken so <laughs> sadly <laughs> but this whole title of American Beauty um, and obviously coming out almost at the end of 99, right? It's something that was false, and it was kind of like showing you that this kind of like white picker fence doesn't work, and, you know, mm. there's a bunch of families that live unhappily like this. And so I, I took, I thought that this film was more about like uh, the whole of the whole American dream we'll, uh, or whatever kind of happy family mm. thing to be false uh, and just kind of be on the surface thing. And American beauty thing, the fact that it's going away, that it's, it's changing the whole attitude and look of it of mm. the white suburban family is changing, it's changing. Yeah. yeah especially the year it was released yeah it's, it, it's no, century, century, essentially yeah and you have uh on the post you have roses who you know essentially not even essentially the, the plants that die as yeah very quick we, yeah rot they rot away basically the, the like breed the, of american yeah okay,
0: yeah, yeah. i, I didn't realize this american beauty is a breed of roses uh, really? and, and they're prone to rotting and yeah. if you look closer they you, you have to actually look quite close at it to see the rot, And I think the tagline on the poster was look closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually right. just look closer. look closer. So it's yeah. like the movie's inviting so, you to see beyond the, the so thing that seems beautiful is actually exactly.
1: so decaying the, behind yeah, it. This whole family on the surf, this family on the surface, That alone is more of an interpretation That's than the theory. <laughs> <laughs> the American Pie. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's a much better one. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. No, yeah. No, but that that was, was interesting. That was just like my kind of look at it, the last of this good, Kind of like good nature family that took a turn for the worst. That that kind of dream doesn't exist anymore. It's an era yeah. gone by. Basically. It
0: does feel like you are looking at a, at a type of family that maybe doesn't because the world's changed. Yeah. Things have changed. The way people live has changed. Yeah, and that, that and way they
1: were. The whole thing, yeah. So this, so even if you look at it now, like this film has dated so much.
2: Like, what kind of family lives like that anymore?
3: Mm,
2: I think it's probably still quite, quite. In relevant. terms of
0: America, or just generally, American suburban uh, generally, families, generally, I think
2: generally. I mean, I think genuinely the white picket fence thing is still pretty. Is is pretty. Yeah, but that, and and I
1: think thing. Well, in that case, then this film speaks much more volumes to those people. Yeah, maybe because there's. I'm guessing there's a bunch of shit going on the surface.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think I think there always was. So I I think. I think that's a really good theory that basically it's about a standard of beauty which looks glossy from the outside yeah, but yeah, as soon as you scratch like the surface yeah, yeah. It's, there's, there's a lot going on to it it's window shop family basically, the, the, the word like beauty that. was probably used most in the film by Ricky Fitz right he yeah. talks a lot about how beautiful things are yeah, yeah. like
0: he's enlightened in some way yeah
2: but of. also like the things that he finds beautiful are things that are conventionally seen to be ugly he, he's the asked bird. why he's filming the dead bird yeah. so, and he doesn't say it but he's obviously thinking it when he's looking at Lester's dead face at the end Yeah, because okay. he stares and just smiles at him because he thinks it's so beautiful. His definition of beauty is almost meant to contradict the kind of external beauty of the white picket fence and you know American loveliness and I suppose that's there to highlight the hypocrisy of what American beauty actually is
0: boom boom I was was gonna gonna...
2: Uh, we got a shout out to Comrade Hall who did the cinematography
0: because I don't think it's underappreciated but I wonder if it's it's slightly talked less about one of my favourite shots there's a shot of Lester in his office at the beginning and he is framed in the square of his computer screen like a lot of shots in the film it's like these characters are trapped Mm. so you see Cara from at the start from inside the house she's in she's inside the white picket fence there's like a clear kind of so there's lots of ways that he shoots this where it appears people are kind of trapped and trapped in their own way of thinking they're trapped in an identity that they're trying to chase that they don't actually want I think Sam Mendes and Conrad all said this and you can notice it when you watch the movie is that Lester is framed quite far away at the start of the film, and the, at least the, th- the first third. So with him and Brad, when they have that chat, Brad is shot, you know, low and up to make him seem more powerful. If you actually look at the shot of, of um, Lester, he's he's like miles away, almost like from mm. the table, like unusually far away that you wouldn't... Yeah.
1: you Especially wouldn't. Especially when he like drops the papers uh, at being in the film. Like yeah, when he mm. drops his briefcase or whatever it was yeah and he's and far like, away from the yeah, car it like yeah it's like a fucking tunnel so really? like
0: exactly and that's also another thing of being trapped it's like that's that's you and I think as the film goes on they said they basically just brought him closer and closer until the very last shot where you have his whole face fills the screen and obviously one an Oscar for this so so he must be good so he must be good <laughs> <laughs> he must be good but just I th- I suppose there's there's amazing beautiful cinematography and there's amazing scores but in this film particularly the cinematography and the score are actually commenting on the narrative yeah. all the time so the music is very upbeat at the start it's like that that main track of American Beauty is this is hopeful and this is what you can attain mm. while Lesser talks about how he's dead and how he hates his life so it's mm. like a contrast yeah. there with the cinematography the fact that their house is laid out yeah. like one of her showrooms
2: yeah, yeah. and picked you know, out almost at random from a suburb in a random town in a random place do you know what I mean it's like it's, it's it could have been anywhere and it zooms in
0: the start and end shots of it coming into it and coming out of it yeah. it's kind of ethereal sense I don't know I just I think that um, he was already a pretty master cinematographer before coming on this movie anyway and obviously the colour red which can be deeply positive and yeah. deeply negative as a colour
2: they lean quite heavily into the sort of um, the creative cinematography for the for the obsession with Angela, didn't they? Yeah, the, 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 the fantasy scenes. scenes. The yeah, yeah. Stuff, yeah. Uh, the
0: editing in that. How it keeps repeating yeah. to kind of suggest this isn't real. Yeah. You know, like when someone takes their hand yeah. and they yeah. see the hand, it's like a John Wu movie, Mission Impossible yeah. too, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's where like Tom Cruise, Cruise, Cruise pulls
4: the like gun out, out, out of the bike, out and it's out like, like five different five angles. Different angles. <laughs> yeah, it was like filmed on a helicopter from three miles away. <laughs> the music, is, the, the music, like Trinity in, the music in that bit. I don't know what it is. It was like yeah, the bells or still drum. that's another. But I think that's another
0: thing with the score; it's changed in that scene to to give a heightened sense of like this isn't real. I'm I don't know. It's just a, a lot of memorable movies just have that strong art direction.
2: And I think it's worth it's probably worth talking about the 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 kind of like meta angle, I suppose of of this of this film, in that it's sort of almost saying like filmmakers have a role in exposing true beauty and the truth behind things, right? Because Ricky Fitz's character is the tool that he uses is filmmaking. Yeah to try and uncover truth and uncover beauty and everything. I don't know. It, you you wonder whether that was written in or whether that was more hammed up by Sam yeah. Mendes and his and you know his uh, experience. But but film plays a big role in in the story itself. What's also interesting about that is anytime he films someone, especially
0: Jane, it feels like he is showing the audience their true character. There's a scene where Angela and her are hanging out in her bedroom and you can see, he zooms in on Jane and you can see in the reflection of the mirror that she actually quite enjoys like mm. this communication with him, you know, and the way that he kind of films Lester working out and seeing this like other side of
2: him. I don't yeah. know. There's things that that he as a character actually reveals to us through yeah, his yeah, obsessive yeah. filming. There's a there's a hint at the idea that that film can uncover truths that quote unquote reality can hide. It's not as if he's like deeply colour grading it or something <laughs> Instagram,
3: Instagram filter. filter that's it ah, oh, oh, chicks
2: just destroyed
4: your microphone yeah Um. we have to end the pod there should we uh, should we should, help our, our I was going to should we move on to some of his other films yeah yeah so um, has he done any other films nah <laughs> so obviously Dunkirk
0: uh, <laughs> hey. yeah. so hey. obviously he's done 1917 he did Jarhead um, so
4: what I was going to say with which I've but looking at his other films is he um he started off doing American films, i.e. American Beauty and Jarhead. Later in his career, he started doing more British films, i.e. Bond and 1917.
2: I do wonder if that just that just follows a kind of um, a trend in Hollywood where where British stuff started to become much more much more prevalent, much more acceptable as a, as, as a content thing. Yeah. You watched Jarhead recently?
4: Yeah, so I watched it recently for the first time, so it was interesting. Um, so it's about Marines, so it's like. Um, Colonel Fitz's backstory. So it's right, no, it's right, no, so basically, it's when Ricky, Early, yes, Ma- Ricky Fitz cool. goes into the Marines. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, so this is based on... Jarhead is based on a true story. Um, has anyone... Have you guys I've seen, seen Jahaid? Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. know it was on a, on a true story. Yeah, based on so, the book, no? Uh, adapted yeah, yeah. From the... So, I mean, what's interesting about it is it's it's Marines who go out to war, but they never actually fight. Like, or, like very, So the whole thing is they're just waiting around, doing training For, and stuff. Yeah, yeah but... Yeah. It's, so it's a, it's a war film without where, a war yeah and it, so it, it's similar I guess just not trying to link it to American Beauty but there is a kind of similar theme of like it's like what, what are we kind of why are we here sort of thing um, and in Jarhead it, there is that element of, but more literally like they've gone to war but it's like why are we here we're yeah. not fighting so it's kind of like, like yeah,
1: simmering like yeah. something's about to
4: break but we don't know what yeah, but it's for, it obviously it's very different to American Beauty. Yeah. Like this is a
1: uh, earlier you mentioned about like how he did uh, American like American themed films early in the career and then British later, right? For American Beauty, um, he was brought on by Spielberg after watching his uh, Olivia uh, play because he acquired the rights. Spielberg acquired DreamWorks, his company, acquired the rights to American Beauty first after having seen Olivia, and then he he went to watch Cabaret that mm-hmm. uh, Sam Mendes did, and that's when he he they. Took him on. He it wasn't like he wanted to make that film. Not not literally. He was like a hired gun in a sense. But you know,
0: because he was a heavily awarded theatre director, wasn't it, yeah. for ages? Before
1: he, he, he did, he directed did, Judy Dench at twenty-four, yeah. which is uh, fucking That's something that they said massive. about him on on
0: nineteen seventeen. Was he was he was very very good at blocking characters, right, and understanding
1: like the yeah. space where I people operate, yeah. which
0: is not only important for a war movie, but it's also important for a film where there's any where it's one shot. Yeah. You can't understand but, where everyone's moving.
1: Yeah, but, definitely. I don't think you could have done 1917 without
4: having that theatre experience. Mm, mm. Be curious to have a look at the other, because obviously Martin McDonagh was a the, was theatre before film. Mm, mm, have yeah. a look at the mm. film directors who started off in theatre. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very different. Well, yeah, yeah. most... they both had very
0: strong debuts,
2: haven't they? They're very yeah. yes, yes. I I have a theory that maybe being a theatre director maybe makes you better at directing actors in a film when it's kind of when it's sort of uh, character led film so what film is brilliant at much better than theater is sort of like showing things happening that aren't character-led yeah. so a big nuclear bomb goes off or whatever i whatever you whatever do it it on stage <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can do in film and you can't really do in theater you have to ask people to imagine it and so it, it tends to be that players are more character-led and it tends to be that film can usually be more event-led and things actually happening on the screen that don't require people to describe it to you and i think that probably means that theater directors have a very good grounding in in telling actors to grow and like, like guiding actors through their, their kind of character arcs. And I think that, that you can see that in this film in American beauty, just as you can see it in
0: um,
3: Madonna's films.
0: The genius thing with that was then pairing him with a very good cinematographer
2: that
3: I think
0: could handle that side of the technical, not just technical, but like, as a
1: debut, I don't think you could have not like you know like this or like oh, yeah this yeah. This it is way. a trick
0: we keep noticing, isn't it? Yeah. Like the, the the debut directors get paired with great cinematographers to yeah, kind of would, give you? that. Yeah.
2: If if you if if you found someone who's brilliant theatre director but no fucking clue what to do with the camera, yeah yeah yeah, well, you find, really well, yeah, yeah, find a really good. Essentially, a cinematographer want, <laughs> has no <laughs> idea what to do with a camera. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, that's what you want, I suppose. But just go, going back to the Martin McDonough thing. Hmm? So Martin's plays before film. They, they were heavily, like, dialogue-driven. He carried that on to film. Mm. Like, even his most action films, let's say Bruges, for example, it's very dialogue-heavy. Yeah, of course, yeah. All of his films are. Uh, whereas with Sam Mendes, there's a lot of intervals where it's just, like, letting the scene happen without mm. actu- uh, actually any... Any dialogue, That's true. especially in like a Bond film. So like he did two Bond films. One was better than
2: the other, I suppose. And then uh, obviously you've got like the latest, you know, the 1917 which yeah, exactly, any exactly, exactly. Yeah, so that feels like a,
0: a movie that exists as an amalgamation of his whole yeah. journey as a director. Yeah, yeah. it's got it kind of feels like it's got a piece of everything in it. Mm,
2: yeah, I would not classify him as a theatre director now. I, I think I think no. he's, he's although he's still directing some theatre, isn't he? He did I think the he Did Lehman Brothers, oh, Lehman, 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 Lehman yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, he did that, which is pretty pretty big. I think
4: must be.
0: Weird going between them as a director. Well, but, maybe not if he is just. I mean, you're just on a set with
1: characters. Yeah. The difference that, being that you're. But that's why like, they wanted to. Bond wanted to wait till he finishes with Charlie and Chocolate Factory back in the day. Yeah. For him to go to do Spectra you you're like yeah. hanging out with Willy Wonka, in the Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we'll wait. We'll wait. It's fine. Willy Wonka, the famous Bond
0: villain. <laughs> yeah, he. he uh, yeah, he's had a pretty great career really.
2: It's also interesting, I guess, that he cut his teeth. This might be revealing. He cut his teeth in theatre, not really directing new work, but breathing life into old classics. Yeah, he, he so did Cabaret, re- he re- revisioned,
1: Yeah, like, dark he, yeah, he made it darker basically. Like, like Bond in a way. Yeah, yeah like yeah, Bond. Yeah, yeah, and I guess yeah. also,
2: although they're not, they're Bond, not films did, that exist already, but, but famous events like Dunkirk 1970. I don't know, maybe there's something there about kind of like reinterpreting something that's not.
1: I know. He, uh, no, well, I say it. No, yeah, tight buddies here. Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> you and Sam. You and yeah. Sam. <laughs> Every day. He wanted to make this one for, for his grandfather. Yeah, his yeah. uh, story that was inspired by what his grandfather told him. Right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, th- I suppose this one was it wasn't as let's say let's say Bond Skyfall. That one was probably the most murderous Bond I've seen. Whereas with Sky uh, Skyfall, no. Uh, 1917 although you saw death you didn't see that gruesome death like you saw death the way it kind of happened like, i think it's
0: interesting how 1917 is his first screenplay sam Mendes is he wrote he, it he co-wrote it with, co-wrote it. Uh, yeah. with a, a female writer but i just i quite like the story behind it because that his his thing was i've just got this one image in, in my head of two soldiers in no man's land one of them clutching a letter yeah that was like what he wanted to basically extrapolate a script from yeah to and
2: fair the final script was probably about that yeah
1: <laughs> that, with a couple of scenes is, like, is that what he gave to the the other writers like this yeah. is an image I have <laughs> yeah. to do something yeah. he literally <laughs> printed it out <laughs> rung, right in a plane yeah. right
0: in a <laughs> <track>. there. <laughs> hats off to Mendes for giving us the best Bond yeah. film that I can think of for a long time Really. Skyfall? I've got a soft spot for Casino Royale still I don't know why
4: I need to re-watch Skyfall but Skyfall I th- yeah I th- for some
1: th- reason I'm with Spaz as well. Like I, thought fine, amazing, amazing I, mm. I thought it was amazing, amazing movie.
4: Amazing. I thought it was. Everyone really raved about it, and the Adele soundtrack. I was like, I, yeah. it, don't go wrong. It's good. Yeah. Um. But I haven't. I didn't. I just yeah, felt. Uh, I, I just felt
0: like it was a movie. A bit like. It, his other films in a way his, his big big popular ones in that cinematography score directing actors like every single department was just like firing on all cylinders yeah. in a way that felt yeah, like it made a complete so movie.
4: I haven't seen them but there's a there's a couple of other films that I think you've seen by Mendes was it Road Road to Perdition which oh, yeah. is oh, which
0: is an amazing movie. Jude Law is in it and Tom Hanks is in it. For the first time Jude Law was Jude good Law was it. amazing in it. Um have you seen Road to Perdition?
4: I think I saw it ages ago I can't it's, remember. It is an Such it is movie. honestly a
0: fantastic movie and Thomas Newman's score, much like American Beauty, is kind of haunting yeah. and very present, and takes the movie to a place that a lot of gangster movies don't go. No, no, very po- it's a quite a poignant Different. gangster film.
4: Did anyone see Away We Go? It looks like the most kind of indie one he's done. Mendes went a bit JC for a bit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Should we do our one Wild Theories or our It Was All a Dream, where we basically have all done a, a kind of we've take we've looked at American Beauty and we've all done a wild interpretation of the we movie. We really need
2: a jingle for One Wild Theory. Don't we, we do. I, we keep calling it one wild theory, and it was oh, all sorry. a dream. It was all a dream.
0: Yeah. So Louis, do you want to go first? Yeah. What's right. your one wild theory for so American viewers? My
2: beauty? my one wild theory. Call it wild if you like, but I think it's pretty. It holds up. So um, the real estate king
3: <laughs> actually,
2: um, he planned it all along. Well, he had a plan all along to basically reduce house prices in the area. Uh, he wanted to bring house down, house prices down in the street, specifically on the street where his biggest competitor lived. And his biggest competitor was obviously... brilliant. Carolyn. Yeah. So he was like, right, okay, I need to bring down the house prices on that one particular street. And he figured what I can do is I can get some kind of crimes committed there. And then no one's going to want to buy a house there. And then that means more business will come my way. So first thing he did was he sold consecutive houses to um, both a gay couple and a homophobic ex-marine. This makes... And he was like, put them next to each other and they'll probably have a fight or someone will get hurt. And then like, no one want to buy a house there. Sadly, that didn't work. So the next thing he did was he um, he found that marine's son and he encouraged him to start selling drugs. So he gave him a few drugs for free, just to try and you know to get him get him hooked. Uh, and he figured, right, if the place gets known for like being where a drug dealer lives, then the house prices will go down. But that didn't work either. So finally, and then this is the this is the mic drop moment. Oh, oh right? is it? This, this bit is. He gets his daughter Angela. Mm-hmm. Oh. To, oh. to befriend Janie, who's uh, Lester's daughter, knowing that Lester's going to fall for her and eventually he'd get accused of paedophilia and that would definitely bring down house prices and none of them were <laughs> <just all> for <laughs> <house prices. laughs> I forgot <but> I just <laughs> silt about the house he's trying to get crimes committed so that house prices go down. <laughs> but none of them fucking worked and eventually it all just got done because of a simple misunderstanding and he walked away very happy so so the king the king did get what he wanted in the, the end
1: king, he just but, didn't but, get by it chance, by yeah. chance
2: chance. <laughs> <laughs> he's a plastic bag in the wind he
1: is king that was a that is a great theory i am not following that as in Sparrow. Wait, what's there not to follow? Sparrow, you go next. I'm not following that. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, I was like, how are
0: you not following it? Following I, I, my, 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 my theory
4: is nowhere near as obscure as that. This, no. this, this is this is not very impressive. The, um, <laughs> nothing will be when the um. We should wait, always go with you last. When, when um. <laughs> <laughs> when when Lester um does his monologue at the beginning, and at the end, he's in a good mood. And it's just because he's smoking the weed that gives him a completely <laughs> mellow high. and that's literally it that's my theory I scrape scraping the barrel
0: So your world theory is is that is that weed is the is the main catalyst in the movie It's not that
4: it's just that when he's um presumably because he's speaking from when he's dead yeah. he's smoking the mellow high weed in heaven that um that Ricky. Game and Ricky Fitz <laughs> game. This it. is all a smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I love that bit.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no,
1: Jesus, dumb,
0: What do you have? Uh, I, I I had a. I have one kind of more a serious one, and then I have a really silly one. And I might I have just, a, more, a bit more might, serious one I'm, as well. Well, okay, so my. I guess in a way off is one of like that you've got this narration at the start and end but it's kind of from beyond Mm. like where is he and so the theory is is that like this is actually an interdimensional movie like Interstellar (laughs) so he's actually in like the fourth dimension and is looking and is able to scrub through his life and look (laughs) back and tell this story you're probably wondering how I we, ended up. Yeah, literally, it's like you're probably wondering how I, it's like what the movie should be called. Yeah. <laughs> so his narration from beyond and the philosophical musings of like you know, it's funny how when your things start falling into place, things you know, all the things that he says, he is talking from <laughs> the from Murph's bookcase in the fourth dimension of interstellar <laughs> is that
3: why so, is that
2: why there are those shots where you like see the same thing repeating itself yeah, exactly. it's because like glitches in the rewind system yeah, it's like
0: yeah
3: it's like so the, the fourth, the fourth you know,
2: dimension hasn't figured out how to do uh, a <laughs> guy exploded on the scene with
0: american beauty is actually an interdimensional movie about um so my american other one is actually his last film
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: It's like the, the, the proposed poster for... for no, the proposed uh, Academy Best Academy Award picture next year for Tenet has already been given to it.
1: Because <laughs> it's, already, it's already come out. <laughs> it ha- oh, this, it's literally a line in the trailer. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. Um,
0: my other one was that the film was a recruitment drive for Smiley's Burger Joint. <laughs>
4: is plausible it if plausible. it's a real joint. The only
0: yeah, the only reason being that he the, the, the main character they paid a lot of money for the for the for the studio to to change the script so that he was working at Smiley's Burger <laughs> Joint, which is why he constantly says like "Welcome to Smiley's" because the clients were like, "You got to put that yeah. in, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to like, put the Smiley's in." Um, I think you're a little so, overqualified. Yeah, like, I think I've yeah. got experience. Yeah hey the, the hamburger <laughs> industry couldn't have changed that much <laughs> the technological advancements can't be that high so you're going to end it you're going to end it and you're going to end this pod
1: I'm going to end it with I have nothing I took this way too seriously do it go with a serious one uh, I thought mine was very serious but somehow no it's not even a wild theory I just, okay I'll rip it off and I don't think I, just, I think I got this game wrong again <laughs> <laughs> we gotta hear, hear it now uh, so like I said American Beauty is, is is a fear and a fantasy of the writer Alan Ball and further explored by an Englishman, Sam Mendes, um, who's trying to kind of like have both, uh, both uh, this kind of like weird fantasy about <laughs> sexualized 17 year olds and a suburban uh, lifestyle. I don't know. Hmm. So, Sam, so, way too serious than
2: I thought this was going to be. So, so basically, one of them is a perv. Yes. We're not sure which one. Yes.
1: Okay.
3: Well, yeah. being... wild accusation. <laughs> one wild Speaking accusation. of accusations, <laughs> <laughs> one wild accusation. It was all a wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> Very I'm, good. I
2: need to get better at this game, fucking hell. All right. Well, I think they, they will stand up to me. Yeah. As far as okay, yours was I think yours fucking was wild. Yeah. <laughs> yours, is,
4: yours, is, yeah, yours is in
2: depth. The real king. estate king. Um,
0: all right. I think that's all we have time for. Because we are running quite Low quite value. far. Oh, but
2: first a word from our sponsors One
0: other thing I wanted to say was Move Annette it. Benning, who played Carolyn,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. who I th- I don't know what else. So though. I thought she was amazing. Yeah, really good. She didn't win the Oscar, which I thought. I th- I don't know who else was nominated in her year, but yeah, I just, she was pretty incredible.
2: She was really good, really good, and, but and I just totally want to shout out to her because she was probably the best example of a character who could easily have become a one-dimensional, just negative, yeah, villain, yeah. and actually actually had her own. So, yeah, I yeah. Think, yeah. I
1: think in the second second half of that film, she uh, her her kind of complexities really came came out, and yeah. in a sense, kind of like grounded her in a sense uh, so that you could re- relate to her, not re- essentially relate to her, where you can understand her, you know. So she's not just being a fucking, you know, negative trying to sell houses. She's yeah. She's kind of like trying to be be the good mother for her daughter who's obviously fa- falling apart and this Kevin Spacey dude who's mm. quitting jobs and shit the, <laughs> and working from McBurgers or whatever. The scene <laughs> <McBrugger>. <laughs> The scene when
0: she sells the house or doesn't sell the house and then I will sell this house stands against the wall mm. and like slaps herself. Did that that was again, very, That was a that very, kind of very... Varying, yeah, that was yeah. very good.
2: Um, it was Angelina Jolie that year for Girl Interrupted, best supporting actress. Okay, um, but yeah, no. she was a great character, right? Yeah, who uh, did I, win
0: it? He won for best actor. My personal favorite bit of hers is when he's bought the Firebird and she uh, comes yeah. in and yeah. they <laughs> have that scene where something might happen and then the beer is about to go on the sofa. Yeah, and yeah. she kind of snaps out of it. I thought that was such amazing acting. Yeah, um, from bo- ha- from both ha- of them, yeah. but she was
2: just a couch. She was incredible cool okay brilliant so I feel like we've alrighty so 5 uh, out of 10 that film
0: oh. probably, probably 3 sparrows it's probably the worst debut we've ever done <laughs> yeah probably it's yeah. crap Not in. next episode will be review of the decade which okay. is the big one just, <laughs> okay. let, just letting everyone know Whoa. Thanks, and after that who knows okay cool so that is goodbye from me Anybody else? Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye from Sparrow. (laughs) Adios. Bye from Louis. Ta-da. Bye from Bounce. See you later. Alright. See you later. See you on the next episode. Bye. Mm -hmm. Bye.